It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer, brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Austin O'Neill. And uh, today is a, a special day. We're going to talk old timers today. And we've brought in our friend Dave Tyson, who's going to be hanging out with us today, talking about his travels up and down the road um, with a lot of the legendary uh, sprint car drivers that have been going to Knoxville for a long, long time. And you've been all over the country, Dave. Uh, appreciate you coming in today, bud. How you doing? I'm doing doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, how's things been going with you? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Trying to keep the furnace running and. Yeah. What the the furnace? Um, so today is a very chilly day in Kansas City. Yes, and I have an old 1915 home. In the Harry S. Truman 1915. Nas- 1915 in the Harry S. Truman National Historic District. Over in Independence. Yep. Yeah. In Independence, right off of the square. How close are you to the Truman House? I'm uh, less than a block from the Truman home. And when I was a little boy, Harry, I was on, my house was on Harry Truman's walking path. Did you ever see Harry S. Truman? Did I see him? He would stop at my house, and I would run over, and he would shake my hand and say, Good morning, young man. How are you today? And my mom would come running out and greet, <laughs> greet him as Mr. President. Right. Uh-huh. And I went to his funeral, and we had neighbors that were friends of the Trumans and would take them fruits and vegetables and fruit baskets and... They would make visits to each other. Let, let me ask you this question, Dave. Did Back in those days, did they have a lot of security around Harry S. Truman when he was walking around the neighborhood? Uh, yes and no. Um, more so for Bess Truman, especially after Harry passed. But Harry did not like it. And he had an old buddy of his who was a... Uh, his walking buddy, and they did some little drinking together and things like that, played cards. Yeah. And he had a security background, and he preferred him helping him out. And usually the Secret Service would be tailing, you know, maybe a block away in a vehicle or something. But right. a lot of times if he saw him, he didn't like it. Right. And uh, nobody ever nobody ever bothered Harry and... Uh, a lot of times he was just by himself. But, but but he lived in the Truman house, though. He lived in the Truman home, uh, yes, right up until his passing. Oh, wow. And they, they had a Secret Service house behind the Truman home and across the street from the Truman home. Uh, what year did uh, Harry pass away? I believe it was 1972, 72 or 74, right in there. Uh, it's about the time Olympic Stadium shut down. 74, wasn't 74 it? 74 was when Olympic Stadium shut down, yes. All right, so let's let's start talking about uh, the history of uh, racing here in Kansas City. Because as we know, 
And and this is going to be a little uh, driven about Kansas City today because just tell us about the history of Kansas City and the drivers and the people and some of the 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 better known drivers that came out of the Kansas City area. Well, you had the main tracks of was the Weld family the oh yeah they yeah. were probably probably the predominant racing family in Kansas yeah. City. Uh, How well did you know the Weld family? Uh, very well. Yeah. Um, you know, most of the time I was a you know youth, but I did grow up with Jerry Weld's daughters. Butch. They called him Butch. Butch. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And in fact, his uh, his uh, widow still lives over near my mom. Uh, and I drive by the I drive by the Weld home uh, virtually every day. And Amy, I understand, is still living back back in with her mom. Do, do you remember when Vernon Pittman sponsored um, Jerry back in the day? Well, I would have known the car, but I yeah. I didn't had a little time. moving van on top of his uh, yes. sprint car. Do you remember that? Uh -huh. yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if you know this, but my mom dated Vernon Pittman off and on for 16 years yes i've heard you mention that and, and vernon Pittman was very very close to me um in fact i lived with vernon Pittman back in the day in the late 70s i lived with him and um i i i moved a lot of furniture for vernon back <laughs> in the day yeah so um would you call the weld family the would you call them the 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 royal family of racing here in Kansas City? Would you say that? Yeah, I would have to say so. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Tell me a little bit about Pappy. Pappy was uh, very nice. Uh, both of him and his wife were very friendly. Uh, Pappy was quite serious working on the race car and being around that. But after the racing was over, he was very friendly. Uh, Not so friendly during the races though. Oh, he was, he was very serious. Yeah. He, he, uh, he wanted to win Yeah, and he worked hard and sometimes he had really good drivers and sometimes, you know, he had, you know, more average mm -hmm. drivers, mm -hmm. especially later in his do, lifetime. Do you, do you remember uh, J.L. Cooper driving some of uh, of uh, Pappy's cars back in the day? He, 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 if I remember right, J.L. Cooper drove kind of their lesser cars, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't get the. He didn't get the top notch rides. No. No. Super duper J.L. Cooper. J.L. Cooper. Just so you know. Um, in 92 and 93, when A.J. Cooper decided to run ASA, if you remember that, yes. back in those days, um, I traveled with them. Me, Bill Crane, Jerry Cooper, J.L. Cooper, and we all traveled around and, and went to a lot of the ASA races back in the day. I started out as a tire changer, and then I ended up spotting for A.J., over a period of time there towards the end of it. But, um, but OJL Cooper, he was a, he's a good man. And, and he wasn't one to mess with though. 
No, you didn't want it. You didn't want to get in a scrap with J.L. Cooper because he he was a sheriff, if you remember right. Well, I I seem to recall that now. He, you know, J.L. did did run up at Knoxville some too, and J.L. had some success, some successes. Yeah. Uh, now you know the story on the nicknames, don't you? Mm-mm. Tell me. Well, a lot of those came from Olympic Stadium, and Fred Broski gave nicknames to drivers. Like, Bill Curtis would go hand candy out to the kids. Well, suddenly he became Candyman Curtis. And Super Duper J.L. Cooper, Fred Broski, the announcer and the former great weatherman here in Kansas City, would, uh, would give nicknames to the drivers. Fred Broski is one of the best, isn't he? Awesome, awesome. And he's done a lot for our Kansas City Auto Racing uh, Hall of Fame and Museum, yeah. the CARB Hall of Fame and Museum. So do you have one of these books? I certainly do. And if you notice, the sunshine, the, the, the sun right there, that is, that is a Fred Broski's um, signature right there, that sunshine. I have a couple of those that Fred gave me. Yeah. And you want to know, know something else? Uh. Fred has sold those and his book, and he's made contributions to our Hall of Fame and Museum. Yeah, Fred, Fred, a really good guy. And uh, every time I run into him, he's such a, he's such a, 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 a good guy, man. Uh, do you remember the day Bowling for Dollars? Bowling for Dollars, one of the most popular shows, at least around Kansas City. It was, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loved watching that. You know, I. do you remember Mickey Finn? Uh, yes. Mickey Finn that owned the North Kansas City Bowling Alley? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Been there a few times. Just so you know, my mom dated Mickey Finn. Okay. Back in the day. In fact, Mickey Finn was the love of my mom's life. She she always told me that, that Mickey Finn was the love of her life. Now, I drove, drove by there the other day. Wasn't that Finnegan's? Finnegan's Hall. Finnegan's Hall, It's yes. all shut down now, isn't shut it? Shut down, yeah. It's just sitting there going to waste, isn't it? I met, uh, I met me and a buddy of mine went over to the last day of Smoking Guns Barbecue. Mm. And we drove right by there, and we discussed that a little bit. Yeah. Well, Mickey Finn, um, he, he was a supporter of CARB because we did a lot of functions down there at the North Kansas City Bowling Alley, didn't we? We did, yes. did the, the uh, CARB Bowlathon. Bowlathons. The, the banquets, banquets were over at Finnegan's Hall. It, it was a great venue for those events. And across the street would be the gathering and the uh, the show for the uh, the parade, you know, the car show, which a lot of the racers brought their cars down. And that was yeah. across in the parking lot across from uh, from Finnegan's. Yeah, the Carbon. Yeah. They call it the Clyde Ellis Carbon now, right? Yes. Yeah. Clyde Ellis was a great supporter of uh, local racing. I, I, is was there anybody else that you can think of that was in a category of Clyde Ellis when it came to giving back to the motorsports community? Because Clyde, he invested a lot of his own money, and at one time Clyde told me he said he invested nearly a million dollars into Lakeside Speedway and never got a penny back out of it. 
Yeah, I, I can't really think of any anybody right off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but uh, he'll be missed. He, he is. Clyde Ellis was one of the great guys in motorsports. Oh, and like you say, he's done done so much for the racing community and for so many people and organizations. Yeah. yeah. What What about um, some of the other drivers that that? Let me get, let's get into some of the stories about who'd you travel with up and down the road? Did you travel with Jerry when? No. Uh, oh, now this is gonna bring bring some memories to you but you yeah. know you know marty brighton right yeah. okay well his dad was a very well-known mechanic named bones brighton and he was the main guy at nance speed equipment when i met him and i was maybe 14 years old and it was the first time sammy swindell came came up in this area and it was out at topeka mm. And I'm out there in the afternoon messing around on the track, checking the track out, the moisture and everything. And Bones Brighton comes over to me and got to talking with me. And a couple of years later, I ended up helping him out, just gopher type mm. stuff. And he had Lee James. He was working for Lee James, the James Gang on the World of Outlaw Tour. Yeah. Uh, Joe McCarthy, his his little buddy from back in El Paso, who yeah. is, uh, ended up marrying uh, Gina DeCroce, uh, DeCroce Speed Shop out in Denver. Mm. And Joe is still out there, but uh, I, I helped Joe out. Uh, Bones also was the main mechanic, the loan mechanic, for Kenny Schrader when Kenny had both his dirt late model right. stock car and his sprint car. And then Bones ended up going to Indianapolis, and he was a key member of the Gordon Johncock race team, and they won the 1982 Indy 500. Mm. And I was working, still helping out Joe McCarthy, and he was running quite a few World of Outlaw shows, and we were back at Eldora for the Eldora Nationals, mm. and I believe Joe got eighth in that. And I hadn't seen Bones for a while, and he showed up, and he helped us out. And just in that short period of time, it was amazing the stuff that he learned that had adapted to sprint car technology because he had been to IndyCars for a couple of years. Mm. And he brought me a couple of photos of Gordon Johncock and the Indy 500 winning team there in 1982. And I have those in my room. You still do. I still do. Uh, one of them is the whole team, and one of them is uh, the car and Gordon there in front of the bricks. Yeah. Who would you consider the best driver to come out of uh, the Kansas City area? Uh, uh, can you put your finger on one driver that stands out over the rest? Yeah. Yes, I can. Yeah. Who would that be? Danny the Dude Lazowski. So uh, the Dude is the best. It, it's... If you look at his stats, and I've got a database, a gentleman up in Iowa has tracked everything he's ever done, Danny has done, right. and I have that database, and it's impressive. Every race he's ever ran, all the wins, all the World of Outlaw wins, mm. World of Outlaw Championships, Knoxville National Championships, Knoxville National Point, or Knoxville Raceway Point Championships. Um, 
an IROC win. Right. Uh, yeah, he, he definitely won an IROC race. Yeah. Now yeah. you you can you can put some drivers up there. Kenny Weld was as good as their you know he he was great. Right. And that was my dad's favorite driver. Him and Judd Larson. Yeah. You got to keep Judd Larson in there too. How about Ray Lee? Ray Lee was was great. Uh, we actually were very close with the good ones because Alice Rayleigh's wife was a school teacher. Yeah. My mom and dad were both school teachers, so they all hit it off. And I'd been to a couple of hospitals visiting Ray Lee, you know, uh, after bad wrecks that he had. One was down in Sedalia and one was at Knoxville. Oh, wow. There, there were so many good drivers that uh, Virgil Chapman, uh, Howard House. Uh, just talks about some of the other drivers that were, were really talented drivers in this area junior hauer uh oh my goodness the well greg weld i mean multiple indy 500 uh races he was involved with uh, usac champion was greg underestimated as a driver you I, think i don't think so i i don't think he was i think he's been given the the proper credit um who was the better of the of the boys that the weld boys who was the best of the bunch? Well, I would say... Kenny? I would say the best driver was Kenny. Yeah. And probably they would all say that. They said probably the the most well-rounded was probably Jerry. Uh, they said he was a mechanical whiz. He was a good driver, not a great driver, a mm -hmm. good driver. And they really offered a lot of praise for his ability to promote racing as a promoter. Yeah. Um. Greg was just well-rounded in, you know, a lot of racing. Yeah. Well, why don't we do this? Let's take a break real quick, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the history of uh, racing in this this area. Um, somebody brings up, Steve just brought up Tiger Bob Williams. We'll talk about him in a little bit, too, sure as can. well. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that and more right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. 
By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix, it works. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Country Resort. Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment, it works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil. It works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. Going down a little bit of memory lane today here on Mostly Motorsports. We've got Dave Tyson in here. Um, Dave, you've been uh, you've worked up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, and uh, you know about the Corvette they're going to be giving away the 2023 Z06. Corvette with the Z07 package on it. That's a, a, a beautiful car, isn't it? I've got some photos on my phone I took. Yeah, yeah. You know where they where they staged that at? They're in the lobby. Right. You just walk up the stairs to the first landing, and you can get you some great photos. Looking down on it. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. So, anyway, um, they're going to give you $25,000 in cash, and they're going to be giving away this Corvette on August 19, 2023. This this Corvette has all the whistles and bells. This is really a 
a race car on the street, folks. It's got 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. Um, it goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. And it's got an 8-speed automatic in it. It's got the larger uh, tires on it. It's got the big brakes on it. It's got the aero package on it. Again, this is the Z07 performance package. And again, they're going to give you $25,000 on top of it to help pay for the taxes of this car. It's a beautiful car, folks. And if you'd like to register to have a chance to win this car, you can do it at winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com. And don't forget the sprint car, the 410 sprint car that they're going to be giving away is just about, it's just about here. They're going to be giving that away on Friday, December 16th. That's this year, folks. And, um, again, they're going to give you $25,000 on top of the car to help pay for the taxes as well. You can uh, register to win this great, complete, race-ready 410 Sprint Car at SprintCarRaffle.com. That's SprintCarRaffle.com. If you're not comfortable giving your information on a computer, which I know a lot of people are not, you can always give them a call at 641-842-6176. That's 641-842-6176 to have a chance to win this complete race-ready 410 Sprint Car, and they're going to be giving that away again on Friday, December 16th this year. So um, let's, uh, let's start off talking about uh, Tiger Bob Williams. Well, uh, I've got a old friend of mine that may very well be listening right now, Sam Helmuth. Sam lives across the street from Tiger Bob. I went over to deliver something to Sam here recently and walked in, and they said, hey, he's back there in the patio. I went back there, and there's Tiger Bob. And we proceeded to sit there and watch racing from Williams Grove and a USAC race from somewhere, Indiana, I believe, Kokomo. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, Tiger Bob uh, is doing, doing well. Still getting around. Getting around. And he goes, to, he's, he goes to a couple, two or three races. I know every year I see him. He, he likes Sedalia. And I see him down there. Uh, yeah, he's doing doing pretty well. Uh, my mom did the write-up for Tiger Bob to get into the Knoxville Raceway Hall of Fame. Oh, really? Wow. Tiger Bob, uh, talk about him as a driver. Well, outstanding driver. Um, of course, he lost his brother the one year at Topeka, uh, Kenny Williams, and... Tiger Bob had... Was Kenny Williams a, a, a good race car driver? Yes, he was. Yeah. Tiger Bob would tell you he was probably better than him. Oh, really? Yes. And Kenny uh, lost his life out at Topeka at the state fairgrounds. Mm. And it was around the same time period uh, that uh, the late Jack Belk uh, was killed out there as well. May have been a year difference, but right in that time period. Mm. Um, Tiger Bob came back and raced, and I believe won two different point championships that year. But he dedicated all that to his brother. Oh, he did. And, oh, he looked really looked up to his brother. Mm. And Was his brother older? 
I believe he was. He was. Yeah, not yeah. not too much, but yes. And uh, 1969, and you know the Jeff, Jack Cunningham car. Right. Uh, probably one of the more successful years we've seen anybody around here race. And Tiger Bob would tell you that that was his best year he's ever had. Uh, oh, can't remember. It was 33. He, he won lots of, of main events mm. that year. I believe he run, won the Southwest Championships down in Amarillo. Uh, he was came close to winning the Knoxville Nationals. You ever been to the racetrack in Amarillo? I've been to Amarillo, but not the racetrack. But I can tell you that I, I've got friends that have raced there and have got many stories about Amarillo. Well, let me tell you a story about Amarillo one time. We were selling T-shirts there, and we were selling a, a, a just a boatload of T-shirts before the races even started, before hot laps even. We, we sold a gob of T-shirts, and then all of a sudden a storm rolled in, and it was a, a vicious storm, like tornado-type weather. And there was rumors that tornadoes were off a little ways away from Amarillo. And all we could do is just keep selling T-shirts, keep selling T-shirts, keep t selling T-shirts. And then all of a sudden, the storm set in on us, and we had to shut up the T-shirt trailer. And let me tell you something. Um, there was a barrel that blew across the, the infield and hit our truck and put a big old dent in our truck that night. And then we went up to the truck stop, and, and the wind was blowing so hard, it was straight-line winds, and the hail was blowing through, you know, where you where you go underneath a, a canopy where you put your, your gas in? Yes. The wind was blowing straight through the, like none other. It was it was a horrible night. Well, do you know, uh, in fact, he lives right here in Gladstone. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know J.D. Cormack? Yep. Well, J.D.'s on our board for the— carb hall of fame and museum right. yeah jd grew up down there and as a boy they would they would dig pits and the uh tumbleweeds were so bad they didn't want them piling up on homes and then having a fire or maybe a lightning strike or something oh yeah and they would bury they would dig these big pits and wow. he would get paid for putting tumbleweeds in there and they would burn them mm. it was such a hazard Sam's listening, by the way, just so you know. Oh, hello, Sam. He, he, he put 46 on there. 46, okay, uh, Tiger Bob, the wins. I, I thought it was in the 40s. I couldn't remember. I, 33, 44, yeah. So, But that was, uh, and, and Tiger Bob would tell you that was by far his most successful season. He won uh, the I-70 points championship. He, he just won a lot of races. You know, when I-70 opened up, a lot of people don't remember that guys went out there and raced with, without roll cages, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. That, just the thought of that racing around that racetrack with without a roll cage over your head, is just unbelievable to me. Well, and that started out as pavement back then too. Yeah, and of course, I was there on opening day in 1969 when it opened up. I was there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you remember, but my dad supplied the pace cars back in those days. 
to I-70 Speedway and Lakeside Speedway. Mm -hmm. My dad ran a Dodge dealership. And uh, I've got pictures of the trophy, uh, the the pace cars that he would supply to the racetracks back in those days. And I was there when the USAC sprint cars were there, and it was just such a horrible, horrible night where you had cars flying out of the track. And the great Lee Koonsman was badly burned there. Yeah. He spent like a year recovering from the burns. Did you go to I-70 much when you were young? Yes. Yeah. Went there. Went there often. But back in the day, Terry Bivens, Dave Wall, Freddie Whistler, um, those guys racing around that racetrack, man, those were the good old days, weren't they? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, you know, and that's where you were able to get an appreciation for not just super modifieds or sprint cars, but all the classes and all the types of cars and uh, series that would come into I seventy. Mm-hmm. It was a national. It was a nationally known track. And everybody talked about I-70, and, well, if you wrecked your car there, it was probably totaled. Yeah. You know, I raced there for about 15 years, and I never had to replace a front stub on my car. Well, I was there one night with a World of Outlaw event and helping Lee James out. Uh, the James Gang, white number 15, and... A back marker, we were going between three and four, Lee was, and a back marker spun right in front of him. He had nowhere to go. And at those kind of speeds, any kind of contact you make with a car, with the wall, you know, a sprint car, it's totaled. Yeah. And it just totaled that car. Were you there the night that the uh, a car went out and hit the, a bunch of cars out in the parking lot? Were you there that night? I was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they hit a motorhome. As well, that night out there. Well, there had been a number of cars go out of that track, uh, but the worst was the the USAC sprint car event there where Lee Koonsman was badly burned. Uh, you had a number of guys that went out, out of the track that night. The speeds were just incredible. And one of those cars that went out in the backstretch landed right in front of our vehicle. You know... It- People are always blown away when I tell them this, that in 1984, Bobby Davis Jr. set the track record there. 1846, I think, was the the speed that it went around there. And, you know, in later years, back in the 90s, in the late 90s, um, our two-barrel cars, we were running 1640s around there in a modified it's hard to believe that we were going two seconds faster than a sprint car on dirt around that place. Yeah, I mean, I saw I-70 transition from asphalt. It wasn't a very good dirt track, was it? Well, it was so high banked and it was so fast. And most drivers... It was rough, too. Yeah, Yeah. could be. And most drivers didn't like it because it was, I guess, the, the one thing they they would tell you that was a it was kind of a trip was the speed Mm -hmm. but otherwise they didn't like it because if you did the slightest thing you could easily total your car right and it was hard on engines that track was hard on engines and some events would come there before the knoxville nationals and guys were afraid to lose an engine lose one of their better engines yeah well that that place was it just ate cars alive I mean, 
have you ever known any other racetrack to eat more race cars than I-70 Speedway? No. I maybe mean, a Winchester or a Salem, maybe. Maybe those two tracks because they're, El, they're Eldora similar. Can, yeah. Eldora can be hard, yeah. but uh, no. I-70, you know, you just really have to have, have to watch it back in the day because it was so fast and just the slightest thing with another vehicle or with the wall and you've got a big loss yeah no doubt about it um so did you you traveled up and down the road with um who'd you travel with oh i you know i didn't travel so much with teams uh i was a professional engineering consultant and i traveled all over the united states on my job and in turn when i had an opportunity i would check out a new racetrack mm-hmm. and that's how i that's how i uh, found ascot park in gardena california yeah. i was i was working a big project out there for three months in 1988 and i said hey i've got to go check this out i've always heard about ascot what a great place it was open four days a week yes yeah and uh i i, I went there on saturday night for the cra sprint cars on multiple occasions and it was just it was a track that was i guess what amazed me was you look out there and see palm trees you see so many people you see these great drivers that you'd always read about dean dean thompson jimmy oski right on and on and on and uh, jimmy's still around too oh jimmy yeah yeah we hung out some up at knoxville this year uh, he comes back. He's always with Shane, isn't he? Shane Carson. Yeah. yeah. That's buddy. And that's that's my best story I can tell you about Ascot Park. Um, tell us. Our old buddy Shane Carson, and I tease him about this, but we've got, an, we got a character here in Kansas City named Leroy Bedingfield. Leroy worked for a big airlines in Kansas City, and he had the opportunity to travel when he wanted to. Well, he just thought the greatest place was Ascot Park. So he would fly out there for, you know, if World of Outlaws were there or he wanted to watch a big CRA race, he, right. would, he would fly out there. Well, he'd always go down and talk to Shane Carson. So Shane just thought, oh, he's, he's an L.A. guy. And Sh- Shane often drove the Agajanian 98. Well, then Shane would venture out. He'd see Leroy at Lakeside Speedway, and he'd see Leroy at Knoxville. And it it came a period of time that he found out, you know, Leroy actually lived in Kansas City. Yeah, he didn't live in L.A. He didn't live in L.A. <laughs> right. And so I still tease Shane about that. And old Leroy, when he comes to, he's, he's a non-wing guy, and he'll come to a race, and he'll wear an old hat, and it's got a non-wing sprint car on it. Yeah. Uh, Shane was pretty good, pretty damn good racer, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. What's your best memory of Shane Carson racing? Oh, I think it would have to be with the Bob Trossel car. Uh, You know, he had a lot of success with that. Uh, Of course, he went out and won, oh, that high dollar event at Eldora in the Nichols car that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shane was pretty fearless, wasn't he? Yeah, yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, really a good guy. Uh, him Still and his, a great guy. Him and his wife, yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Really a good guy. He he does so much for racing, 
and he helps out the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame so much. He organizes all those drivers to come in and do autographs during the Nationals. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of good memories of Shane. I mean, I saw Shane drive so much Eldora, Lawton, Oklahoma, OKC, and of course his his father promoted uh, Oklahoma City there that for so long. That was a shame when the, the, the fairgrounds, they closed that racetrack. Yes, uh, I really, I really enjoyed opportunities to go there, yeah. see the big, see the big cars, the hundred inch super modifieds, right? Uh, World of Outlaws, yeah, I was there on a number of occasions. We went down there. Yeah. Um, what about uh, somebody like a Virgil Chapman? Tell me a little bit about Virgil. Well, you know, I just know of. His attributes. I I didn't remember Virgil very well. I mean, I when yeah, a I was a little before your time, a little before my time. Now I would have, I I know I would have seen him race at Olympic and he was stuff. A great guy. Yeah, Junior Howard is kind of the same way. You know? Yeah, yeah. What about Junior? You got a story about Junior Howard? Uh, yes. My favorite story involves Speedy Bill Smith, and Speedy Bill Smith uh, has a carburetor up in his museum and he's got the story on there about it and was that the one that was underneath the intake manifold yeah it was the one that it was hidden and it it was a double barrel carburetor and that's back when you you could have like a single barrel and it was it was a tricked out carburetor and he always knew he came down to he came down to win at Olympic Stadium, and in the four X car. Yes, and mm -hmm. he had heard about this Junior Hauer, and so he came down and he wanted to beat Junior Hauer. Well, Junior Hauer won, and Speedy Bill says, "Well, he's got to be cheating. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's got to be cheating." Well, one day he got a call from uh, old Freddie Vance from Independence. Oh, late Freddie Vance. Man, I know it. Freddie was such a good guy. I love Freddie. And uh, Freddie says, hey, Bill, he says. Vance Wings uh -huh. back in the day. Vance Vance Wings. Right. And uh, Freddie told Bill, he says, hey, Bill, I found out how Junior Hire was beating you. And I found the carburetor. And I've got it. And he says, well, hey, can I have that? And he says, sure. And it's in his museum. It's now. in his museum. Yeah. yeah, it's red, and it it tells on there what makes it illegal. You know, but uh, yeah, it's a good story. But wasn't it underneath the intake manifold? I believe it was. It was somewhere there. It was. Yeah, it yeah, was. It was hidden. It was hidden. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Speedy Bill, man, they broke they broke the mold when they uh, when Speedy Bill was born. What? He was such a good guy. Him and his wife both were just really, really good people. Yeah. And I got to know I got to know Speedy Bill. Uh, I got involved with the Big Car Racing Association, the BCRA. Yeah. Yep. And that Hall of Fame is in the American Museum of Speed. And I was the Missouri representative for the BCRA. And so we would have an annual banquet up there. And we'd work with them. We'd do a tour of the museum. Yeah. And we'd have our banquet on a Friday night. Yeah. And uh, it was a great event. And I got to know the Smiths very well up there. How about um, 
your memories of Riverside Stadium. Well, listen, I grew up going to Riverside. Yeah, well, I Riverside was the track for me. That's where I started racing in 1977, and there there, there wasn't much of a, a rougher crowd than there was at Riverside Stadium, was there? No, there wasn't. They, uh-uh. That was about a rougher crowd as it that they ever came. Hey, the wives would fight in the stands. Oh, it was a rowdy crowd. We were there one time, Scott. We were there one time. And I don't want to mention names because I might get it wrong, but the driver that won the the driver that won the super modified race was down in Victory Lane getting his trophy. And I guess he may have had a little on the track deal with somebody. Yeah. And that guy's wife came down there and gave him the trophy. And I mean gave it to him. She took it from the trophy girl and he she gave it to the driver and he didn't like it. Didn't feel good where where he got it. Yeah. No, well, all, all I could say is is that back in the day, I remember many 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 fights breaking up, breaking out in the grandstands. People just, you know, they were rooting for each other's drivers, and they'd have words, and right. they'd get into a fight. And 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 Riverside was unique because they let you bring the cooler in. The cooler. Uh huh. And that's where the problem started right there. Yeah, it, it was it was always a treat for me. Now, my mom and dad were a little more laid back and a little more, uh, oh, I guess, you know, conservative in nature. And that was a rough joint for them. They were just two school teachers. Yeah, and it was too rough for them. It was it was a little rough. Yeah, we we went over there for, uh, you know, a good midget race, super right. modified races. Now. What my treat, what made it one of my favorite tracks, was the figure eight races. Everybody stayed for the figure eight races at the end of the night, didn't they? Well, yeah, except my dad. He my, didn't care much. My for him. dad didn't care much for him, and my mom would make him stay because she knew how much it, it meant, how much I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about Gene Jennington? Uh, well, I'm good friends with Nina. I'm good friends with Steve. Ayrton's dad. Yeah. We we kind of grew up together around the tracks. Me and him and Alan Wright, Roger Wright's son. Yeah. And Alan just lived a few blocks from me, and his sister was in my high school class. Um, we all kind of hung around at the tracks together. Uh, Gene uh, was an outstanding welder, I'm, I'm told. A very, very mechanical genius. And uh, certainly one of the one of the best midget drivers I've ever seen. You know, you can put him up with the top ones: Stan right. Fox, uh, Kenny Schrader, whoever. You can put Rich him Vogler, right. Rich Vogler. Rich Vogler. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show, and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. When we come back, you're watching mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back with more with Dave Tyson here on Mostly Motorsports. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. 
friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play Osage National Country Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment, it works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil. It works. 
You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer. Dave Tyson joining us in the studio today. We're talking about the old timers. We just had a caller call in and ask about Carl Williams. What do you know about Carl? Carl Williams, uh, the best of my knowledge, no relation to Tiger Bob Williams. Right. Uh, Carl Williams was right up there with the best racing drivers from Kansas City in history. Yeah. He drove in, well, he was a... What's gr- some of his accomplishments? Multiple Indy 500 races he, he drove in. Became a became a very well-established IndyCar driver. Mm-hmm. Uh very outstanding USAC sprint car driver. Mm. And, you know, he grew up right into Kansas City, you know, Olympic Stadium, Lakeside, all of the, all the local tracks. Right. Went to Knoxville. Uh, but then he got pretty, pretty quickly got into USAC and uh, earned himself a very, very well-known reputation. You know, one of the guys that doesn't get a lot of uh, uh, recognition that was from this area, Boo Boo Badami. Yes. He was, uh, wasn't he a four-time USAC midget champion? I think he was. Oh, I, I don't know. Was it even USAC back then? I, it might not have been USAC I think that's then. maybe, he was a little before USAC. Yeah. Uh, he raced in the 40s, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. And he was one of the ones, I believe I mentioned, W.W. Uh, w. Cockeyed Brown, who was a great engineer who was a, early in his days was a driver in Kansas City, but then became a well-known car car owner. Mm. And uh, I was got to be familiar with him this summer in that I was contacted out of the blue by a Dr. John Bakke mm. in Texas, who's a historian and used to live in Kansas City. And he's writing a book on W.W. Cockeyed Brown. Oh wow! But when that? when cockeyed Brown and he was all over Olympic and all he was a national driver too, and right. he he had national races. Uh, he would his drivers ran, but I believe Boo Boo uh, drove for cockeyed Brown. A number of very well known Hall of Fame level drivers drove for cockeyed Brown. Hmm. How about that? Well, let's talk a little bit about the Central Auto Racing Boosters Hall of Fame. Um, a lot of great in, in, inductees in, in in the early years, back in the day. Um, I was a part of the uh, the voting committee on that uh, on that panel, and those were some of my favorite years. Uh, I, it was a lot of fun doing bringing in some of the old timers and getting them into the Hall of Fame. Yes, and I believe the first year we took in fifteen inductees, and. We have, we have two levels. We have uh, just a regular class. We also have a pioneer class. And every five years, we induct four pioneers in. And the pioneer class is 1952 and before. Mm. And I enjoy doing research on drivers, mechanics, car builders uh, back, in the, back in the early days. And trying to, to make sure that we don't forget somebody. Right. And uh, I discovered I discovered some somebody here in research, and I'm going to work on bringing him up to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. But it was an old driver named Frank Elliott. 
Frank was from Meyerable, Missouri, which is just up northeast of here. Yeah. And Frank was one of the great board track drivers. Mm. He had numerous track records, numerous board wins. Uh, that was dangerous stuff back in those days, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. That's where a lot of times there was a driver killed almost every race. Right. Well, Frank Elliott not only was an outstanding driver, he drove for Harry Miller. Mm. And then he became one of the closest friends with Harry Miller. And he helped. Uh, and, and Frank Elliott was kind of a mechanical genius. And... He worked with Harry Miller and the race team even after he got out of the car. And he was the crew chief on, uh, I know, at least one Indy 500 winner back in the day. Mm, how about that? Um, you're, did, did you go to uh, down to Marshall, and did you run go to Sedalia quite a bit when you were young? Yes. Uh, I, I went to Marshall, started out Sportsman Speedway. Yeah. later known as Saline County Speedway. Right. And I even went to college one year down in Marshall. Oh, wow. Played basketball and ran track at Missouri Valley College there in Marshall. Wow. Uh, that track closed in like 1982 or 84. And I was going, 84, I believe, and I was going up there right to the end. I won a demolition derby there in 1981. Back in the day. Oh, yeah. They had... They had great events and great concessions. Maybe the best food I've ever had at a racetrack. Yeah. Man, it's kind of sad just to see the old uh, Sedalia racetrack just sit there and go to waste, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, I have, I've got some numbers, and I didn't write them down, but I can tell you they have to pay $6,800 to lease the facility. And then they have to pay $1,500, $1,500 for track maintenance. Mm. Well, then you look at all the other things that may have, you may have to take care of as a track promoter. Right. Insurance, your help. Yeah. And you don't get the concessions. Right. The That's state of Missouri has a separate contract for running concessions there. So if, I, if they would give up the concessions to one of the promoters to run that place, I think they could run it weekly, couldn't they? I, I think you could. Yeah. But I've, I've actually put pen to paper, and for, for a normal show, I don't think you can charge more than $15. And I have figured up that you would have to sell at least, at least 700 tickets to start getting in the area ballpark and breaking making, even. Breaking even. Yeah. But, you know, the, the downfall to Sedalia, to, in my eyes, was when Central Missouri Speedway came in to, in L.A. Raceway. L.A. Raceway, yeah. And they started racing down there. That kind of took away from Sedalia. Yeah. Would uh -huh. you agree with me on that? Yeah, I would. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they ran, you know, and our friend Bob Baker promoted there. He, he did it better than anybody I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Bob is so good at whatever he does. Now, it, it brings up the old uh, issue of fairboards. Uh, you know, at one time, Knoxville had a real problem with the fairboard. Yeah. And. They still do sometimes. Sometimes. But you know what? 
not they, as often. They have really got it in their head, and they've got they've got it in the head of the town townspeople mm -hmm. that that town is kind of make it or break it on the racing. Yeah. And all the money it brings in. I like their new hire with Jason Reed. I do too. Yeah. He's a Knoxville Knoxville guy. He's, He's a real Knoxville guy. Yeah. yeah. And he he grew up there. He's got a farming background. A lot of people know him. A lot of people like him. He's got a relationship with all the Fairbore members as well because he's been around forever. Uh-huh. Right? So I think since, that was since a good he was a Since he was a kid, they're showing, you know, his... his uh, he started out as a volunteer yeah. when he was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, everything... I hear I have a lot of people I know connected with Knoxville, and I hear nothing but good things. And they said it'll be successful unless he just falls on his face somehow. That they don't they don't project seeing that. He's uh he's got a good uh, reputation over at 3M. He yeah. wor works at 3M as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And and he's a leader over there as well. He's in charge of over 60 people yes. at his job. Uh -huh. So he, he's a natural leader, and I think that's going to be good for him up there at the, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit and, and, and talk about the museum that they have over there for the Central Auto Racing Boosters, the Hall of Fame. Well, we are located in the Kansas City Automotive Museum at 15095 West 116th Street in Olathe, Kansas. And we're in the southwest corner of the museum. And the museum people say that our uh, CARB Hall of Fame museum is, our section of the museum is probably the most popular, that the people that come through there spend the most time in the racing exhibits. Mm. And we, we have two cars in there right now. We have... Um, we have one of Ray Boyles, Ray and San, the late Sandy Boyles. One of their midgets is in there, uh, number seven. And then uh, we have the custom motive, auto, custom motive special. Ray's such a good guy. Oh, he's, he's great. Yeah. I, I go over and periodically sit down and chat with him to stay up. And he's doing well. He's kind of getting over the loss of Sandy, but he knows she's in a better place. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, we have another one is a old 1948 uh, non-caged sprint car that raced AAA, IMCA, and USAC, and uh, it's called the Customotive Special, and uh, it's owned by Dennis Bell of Richmond, Missouri, and I ran across him. He uh, it actually has raced vintage races too, and it is in there, and it's just a beautiful car. Yeah. Uh, and I also might mention that. Uh, one of our board members on the CARB Hall of Fame is Brian Jackson, and one of his cars right now is being featured in the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, it's the old John Lane, well, it's the West Farron was the driver, and it's a John Lane restored number three Sprinter, uh, non-caged, and uh, it's black with gold trim. And oh, wow. has Lane Machine Works on it. How about, I, I think I saw Bobby Lane pull out his old modified out of the weeds the other day. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I, I believe I did. You know, and Bobby, I think, has announced his retirement. Is he going to retire? He's going to retire. Yeah. He, he had a... 
been doing it a long time. Well, and he really got his bell rung down at uh, Lake Ozark when he hit the wall down there. Yeah. He, he, he got his bell rung pretty bad driving for Ron Wheeler at Lakeside Speedway. He flipped out there one time in a modified. Well, Bobby has raced so long that you're going to have some of those. Right, yeah. But uh, he's raced everything. Yeah. And, yeah, he's... He's been running a 1,200 lately. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's still successful, but I think he's he's wanting to make sure he stays... Uh, stays upright right right i i I don't blame him bobby has to be what how old is he now uh he's 60 something yeah because he's raced over 50 years yeah no doubt well listen uh, again tell everybody the address again where the the uh, central auto racing boosters hall of fame is yes we're located in the kansas city automotive museum which is at 15095 west 106th Street in Olathe, Kansas. And you would almost think it was Lenexa. It's right on the frontage road there when you first come into Lenexa and you get off there like 119th Street, you turn left and go over the bridge and you take the first frontage road left and just go down to 106th Street, it's like three blocks, and uh, you'll see it, it's a big big building, Kansas City Automotive Museum. So, what is your fondest memory of anything that you did in motorsports? Well, I guess it would probably be uh, two things, probably. All the travels, I've been to over, I know, 26 states at least that I've seen racing. I've been, I saw a race in Alaska. Oh, wow. How about that? I was working up there. I saw a sprint car race. Soldotna, Alaska, and uh, I've been to over over half the states to see racing, and I never drove, so uh, that's one of them. The other thing is just working with the Carb Hall of Fame and Museum and trying to get people into the Hall of Fame that are deserving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of well-deserved people that need to be in there. Drivers, yeah. owners, yeah. mechanics. No builders, yeah. flagmen, photographers. There's yeah, so many that have done so much. Right, no doubt about it. Well, Dave, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports today. Uh, I think we'll have to do it again because we just scratched the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a good time, and there is, there is so much to the history. Yeah, and and, and maybe one day we, we can get one another old-timer in here with you and sit across from us, and we'll, all three of us just sit here and shoot the bull. How sure. About that? We can do it. That that would be good. All right. Dave, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. All right. Well, that's it for Mostly Motorsports today. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, I know it was a little bit of a history show today, but uh, we're going to do that from time to time this winter. We're going to have some old-timers come in and talk about the old days back in the day. And... Uh, We hope that you'll enjoy it. So, again, for Austin O'Neill, for my partner Kirk Elliott, for Dave Tyson, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. It's Phone Friday. Tomorrow, Kirk Elliott will sit in with us, and we hope that you'll join us tomorrow here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll see you tomorrow.
one of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. <laughs> 